Hello and welcome to the Our Foundations podcast. My name is Joshua, and today's episode will be focused on secular religion. So we are still trucking along through season four, where we are taking a step back, looking at everything from a macro perspective, tying a lot of stuff together, and uh, this has taken us to this point where we are getting into secular religion, which is the, I guess, dominant religions of our modern age when you get beyond probably Christianity and Islam would be my guess. But it is that these are religions that are extremely prominent in our modern culture. They have a huge impact on modern society. And so if you are looking at how you relate to the state, how you relate to the culture, how you relate to uh, your religion, especially if you're a Christian and you have lots of contradictions here, um, this is a very important concept. And it really helps us to understand what's actually going on, because a lot of times things just don't make any sense. There's a lot of contradictions. There's a lot of uh, things that are out there that don't really correlate to what they're supposed to correlate to. And uh, if we did not have this information and this framework to look through, then it just doesn't make sense at all. It's kind of like the idea of of the dim age or moving into a more ideational uh, society versus a sensate society and how that makes a lot of stuff uh, make more sense. Uh, that is something that is also true when you look at secular religion. So when you first hear the term secular religion, it sounds like it's a contradiction because in a lot of ways, it is. A religion is, in a lot of ways, by definition, not secular. But I think what I will show over the course of this episode is that, in fact, they are religions, even though they don't outwardly appear to be. So while they appear to be completely secular without any sort of religious framework, on the contrary, they actually are, in fact, religions, even if, from outward appearance, they do seem to be secular. Now, if you look from a like spiritual Christian perspective, I've talked about the, the spiritual world multiple times and how, according to biblical interpretation, they would say that, or scripture says, that the adversary is the one that runs this world. He is termed the prince of this world, or the prince of the power of the air, or lots of different terms of that nature. But the point is that, at least according to the biblical narrative, the adversary is the one that runs this world. That would include nations, governments, uh, other religions, the, the system that we live under. So if we look from that more spiritual perspective, that is the darkness that is running the modern world. But we are not only looking at a spiritual perspective, and not only mainly looking at a spiritual perspective, most of this is not spiritual at all. Most of this uh, we're just looking at on a relatively surface level. So getting back to that level Secular religions, they don't outright follow a deity or divinity, but when you really look into their beliefs and their goals and the frameworks that they live by, 
they fall into the same category that any other religion does. They meet the same criteria, and in the end, they do, in fact, have gods that are over them. However, these gods may not necessarily be gods in the sense that we would think of them as divine entities. They uh, might just be systems, or they might be these uh, immaterial ideas and concepts, or they might just be themselves as humans. There are many different examples here that we will get into, but the point is that a secular religion is one that outwardly looks like it is secular and does not have a deity at its head and does not uh, act as a religion. However, when you really get into it, it does meet the criteria of a religion and they do have a god or gods that they seek after. So let's start off by calling out the specific secular religions that I'll cover today. Those would be statism, wokeism, and scientism. And with those, there are some other subsets and related things like transhumanism would probably be the biggest one to call out in addition to those. But let's start off with the religion of statism. I think this one makes the case very clearly, and so it is a very good one to start off with. And because this podcast uh, mostly talks about the state as far as uh, how we relate to the world that we live in, I think it is very apt to cover first. So I want to start off with some quotes. I don't think I'll have many quotes for the next two, but this one I do have a few and a few definitions that really bring out this aspect of the the religious nature of statism. And I guess I can also say just briefly about statism. The idea of statism is that someone believes that the state, that having a government is good for society, is something that they should participate in, that we should have, and that is just overall a good system. Even if there are bad apples, and even if there are bad things that happen, and even if they're not perfect, overall, they believe that the state is the solution to most of their problems. So that would be uh, the view of a statist. So The first quote comes from David Lipscomb from his book on civil government. Quote, It is clear that the influence upon man that arose from forming and conducting human governments was to wean man from the government of God, make him feel independent of that government and of his maker. It inspired his heart with the idea that man is more than a servant. He naturally magnifies his own works and his own institutions, so that but few men give their time and service to the human government, but that they soon come to think the human much more essential to the world's well-being than the divine government. The introduction of human additions into the divine institutions has the same tendency. Men who introduce, operate, and support human additions to the government of God soon come to magnify these human additions that they esteem them of more importance to the well-being of the servants of God than any of the God-ordained appointments of his institution. This is but the working of human nature. A proper understanding of these principles and manners of God's work among and dealings with the world 
is essential in any just understanding of the origin, mission, and destiny of human governments, their relation to God, and of the relation that the Christian and Church of God sustain to them. So, obviously, this is from a Christian perspective, and uh, Lipscomb is talking about how human governments started by man taking over these roles that used to be God's. And you could say that from a Christian perspective, that the Most High God, he was the one that was to rule over humanity, and humanity was under him. Or you could even branch that out to some of the other ancient religions, and you could say that the gods were the ones that ruled the world and the happenings of humanity, and they were the ones overall in charge, and then men stepped in to take over those roles and esteem themselves above God or the gods. And that is, I guess, a fairly historical representation of what happened, especially if you look, if you go back to the Ages of Man framework that I've talked about before, when you get out of the age of religion and into the age of empire, that's exactly what's happening there, where the age of religion was highly, highly organized and managed and governed uh, through this religious mechanism where the theocracies and the uh, scriptures and texts and the religious apparatus, the religious bureaucracy, the priests, all of these things, they were what ran things in the, the majority of the various cities and empires and things like that that existed at the time. But as you shift into the age of empires, you start to see emperors that claim their own divinity and emperors that turn away from the old gods and uh, different leaders and governments and systems that start incorporating multiple religions and multiple gods because their government, their state is separate from that religious aspect. So it is gaining its independence, it's separating itself from that, and the human aspect of that is taking over over that religious aspect. So getting back to the idea of the secular religion of statism, I want to define religion and worship, and then picture, if you will, how a statist acts towards the government, maybe towards the flag or towards some other aspects like that. I think you will see a lot of similarities here. So religion, by definition, is a specific fundamental set of beliefs and practices generally agreed upon by a number of persons or sects, the body of persons adhering to a particular set of beliefs and practices, the practice of religious beliefs, Ritual observance of faith. Something one believes in and follows devoutly. A point or matter of ethics or conscience. A set of beliefs concerning the cause, nature, and purpose of the universe, especially when considered as the creation of a superhuman agency or agencies, usually involving devotional and ritual observances, and often containing a moral code governing the conduct of human affairs. Now, that final definition is basically the definition of government. So when you get into, um, I guess, the second half of that, so it's a set of beliefs concerning the cause, nature, and purpose of the universe, 
we can, uh, I don't even want to get into explaining how that applies, but getting into the next part, especially when considered as the creation of a superhuman agency or agencies, that superhuman agency you could think of as the state, usually involving devotional and ritual observances. We have a great many devotional and ritual observances to the state. We have songs, we have holidays, we have mythology, we have all kinds of stuff, and often containing a moral code governing the conduct of human affairs. Well, that's actually what the law is. Some would argue that the law that exists, that comes from the government, is one that does not govern govern moral issues, but that is not true in any way. Uh, the law does govern morality because that is how you can determine what is right or wrong, whether someone should or shouldn't do something or is allowed to or is not allowed to do something. Those are often moral issues, and the government is the one that is saying, uh, governing the conduct of human affairs in this context. So uh, yes, a lot of these things apply very directly to statism and to how people view the state. A ritual observance of the faith was another uh, definition. Yes, there's a lot of ritual observances. We'll get into that next. Same with the practice of religious beliefs. Um, A specific fundamental set of beliefs and practices generally agreed upon by a number of persons or sects. So yes, it's a fundamental set of beliefs and practices that pretty much the majority of the country follows uh, when we're talking about the United States, and I'm sure most others. And they have this set of beliefs that they're taught from the time they're little, and they believe that the state is this superhuman agency that is out for uh, the good of the world and their country. Now, getting into the next definition, that is worship. I think this is one that is very applicable as well. So uh, when we talk about worship in regards to statism, uh, that would probably be looked at as uh, people appealing to the state to meet their needs or to take care of things that they think should be taken care of in the greater society. That would be like through voting and um, appealing to the politicians, local or federal. You also have the issue of singing songs and holding your hand over your heart and taking off your hat, observing uh, very specific holidays that are specifically related to patriotism and all of these kinds of things. Keep these types of things in mind as I read this definition of worship. To regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion— to perform or take part in worship or an act of worship, a form of religious practice with its creed and ritual. And that's it. It's pretty simple. Um, Are there creeds when it comes to sadism? Well, yes, quite a few. Are there rituals when it comes to statism? Yes, quite a few. Do people regard it with great extravagant, with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion? Yes, all of them. You respect the flag. You honor your uh, masters in charge of you, and you are purely devoted to this mechanism of a democratic republic and the government that is out to, you know, do good for everyone, or it should be. It's not right now, but we're going to change it, and it's going to get back to the way it should be. You know, that's usually how people view that. But uh, my point is that it fits this definition of worship, and it fits the definition of religion, which is why I'm classifying it as a secular religion. And so, 
the next part. This is uh, someone, Karl Popper, that is specifically talking about the philosophy of Hegel. And so this is basically Hegel's opinion that he is writing about. But since it's not directly a quote from Hegel, I have to say it's a quote from Karl Popper, but it's basically Hegel. So uh, what he says is this, quote, The state is the divine idea as it exists on earth. We must therefore worship the state as the manifestation of the divine on earth. The state is the march of God through the world. The state must be comprehended as an organism. To the complete state belongs, essentially, consciousness and thought. The state knows what it wills. The state exists for its own sake. The state is the actually existing, realized moral life. So he's just calling it out there where the state is God, and it uh, fills this role of that superhuman agency as defined by the definition of religion. So the next quote, uh, two actually, come from Larkin Rose. I'll just read them both together. In truth, the belief in government is a religion made up of a set of dogmatic teachings, irrational doctrines, which fly in the face of both evidence and logic, and which are methodically memorized and repeated by the faithful. Like other religions, the gospel of government describes a superhuman, supernatural entity above mere mortals, which issues commandments to the peasantry for whom unquestioning obedience is a moral imperative. The belief in government is not based on reason. It is based on faith. So, yeah, no need to comment on that. The final quote comes from H.G. Wells, and he was, uh, I guess I've talked before about the Society of the Elect and the uh, Fabian Society. He was involved in both of those as well as some other movements that I've discussed. So he's generally not on the good side, but at the same time, we learn from everyone. So uh, to get his quote from the book, The Open Conspiracy. Quote, The open conspiracy, as consisting of a great multitude and variety of overlapping groups, but now all organized for collective political, social, and educational, as well as propagandistic action. They will recognize each other much more clearly than they did at first, and they will have acquired a common name. The charter of the open conspiracy will now be plainly displayed. It will have become a great world movement, as widespread and evident as socialism and communism. It will largely have taken the place of these movements. It will be more. It will be a world religion. This large, loose, assimilatory mass of groups and societies will be definitely and obviously attempting to swallow up the entire population of the world and become the new human community. And so he's describing basically what's happening now. People talk about globalism and people talk about um, all of these different things, the, the end game for the society of the elect, for example, or the Council on Foreign Relations, or um, some people branch that out to the EU and NATO as different examples of this happening. Um, there are so many different examples that we could give here, but the point is that these are all things where people are coming together, this assimilation of these various groups that are coming together, moving towards this ultimate goal of a new human community, and he is defining it as a world religion. 
He's specifically talking about these movements that are oriented mostly towards states and governments, as well as their related auxiliaries, and calling that a world religion. And that that is what we are shifting into. And he was exactly right. That is what we are shifting into. So uh, that's what's going on when we're talking about secular religions and specifically statism. So now we as a society have come to a place where the state is now in the place of God in many respects. Citizens look to the state to provide for their needs, to protect them, teach them, teach their children, raise their children, legislate morality, punish others, provide for those in need, regulate transactions, manage societal interaction, and on and on and on. So when we look at the United States as the example, that's what I'm using here, the United States started off under at least the majority Christian principles, even though the majority of the founding fathers were more deists rather than Christians exactly, the principles were there. Like, for example, Jefferson changed the Bible and took out all the stuff that was miraculous, but the point was he left everything else. It was the the morality, the principles that were there, they were completely biblical, even if he got rid of that more religious aspect of it. So uh, looking at this from a Christian perspective, which I, I, what I'm trying to say is that that is the evolution of the United States of America, that it was founded on biblical principles, whether that's a good or bad thing, it's up to you, but that it shifted into this role where it's a completely secular, separate thing, and man has taken the place of God in this respect, similar to that shift I talked about with the age of religion to the age of empire. So with all of this, from the Christian perspective, God has directed us how to handle all of these different matters that people look to the state for, both practically and conceptually, both as a society and as individuals. The Christian is to look to God for guidance and assistance in all matters. This is not the role of the state, according to a Christian worldview. Many have faith in and rely on government, departments, programs, and laws to solve society's problems instead of the kingdoms, uh, the kingdom of God's church of believers, their programs, and individual actions. So unfortunately, even most Christian believers have rejected God's role and teaching in these matters and turned to the state, which is a very interesting aspect, because when you look at statism as a secular religion, then you see that so many Christians are statists, then that seems to be a very big contradiction where you're a part of two different religions, and a direct contradiction because you are looking to the state as a statist to fill all these roles that you should be looking to God to fill and to the church to fill. And so there are some obvious issues with that. So um, to get on with how statists uh, treat the state in a religious manner, citizens sing songs to and in reverence of the state. They go through rituals and motions to honor and obey the state, lifting up their hands and removing their hats in respect. They place the state in a position above everyone else with more power, more rights, more knowledge, and more respect than mere humans. Again, this is a superhuman agency. The state is omniscient with the goal of doing what's best for everyone, prioritizing its own citizens and working all things out for the good of those who love it. 
they have created this ruling entity to be lord over all. There's a priestly class of politicians that perform the duties required of the state after being confirmed into the faith through specific rituals and acceptance by the overarching body. They go through various rituals and rites to receive their positions, enact policy, and make decisions. The common man gives homage and support to the state through song, salute, voting, contributions, and various other actions. If a citizen wants something of the state, they vote and or seek the priestly class for aid. Citizens give up portions of their time, of their money, their natural rights, in exchange for the benefits of the state, and the state taking care of the management of society. People feel safer, and in exchange, they will give up their rights, they will give up their money, so that the state can keep them safe. So uh, going back to that Christian perspective, it's a complete corruption of the kingdom of God and God's role over man from a Christian perspective. So uh, basically, God is supposed to fulfill all those roles, and the church is supposed to be the institution to carry out all of those things and be the manifestation of that. But uh, this is not Christianity. This is statism. And so that's the exact point, that Christianity says all of these same things, you just replace the state with God. You replace politicians with the church, and you replace um, these rites and rituals and worship of the state with worship of God and rituals that are religious and Christian in nature. Uh, It's the same thing. It's just a different version. It's a corruption of it. That is why statism is a religion. So statism isn't like a religion. It is a religion. Statism is the religion, and the state is their god. Politicians are the priests, the bureaucracy is the institutional hierarchical church, patriotic citizens make up their church body, and all is based on their religious text, the founding governing documents. In America, this would be the Constitution. It defines morality, what people should and shouldn't do, the scope of punishments, the limits of free will, the boundaries of the use of force, how the priestly class operates, how the citizens are to operate, what rights individuals have. It's surrounded by the mythology of the patriarchs. Like most religions, it came out of a national birth through war defending from the evils of others, out of liberation from an oppressive nation, and on and on. There's so many parallels. There are disagreements within the religion that have caused splits, mainly stemming from differing interpretations of the text and how to apply it in modern times. So like the Reformation, this has led to multiple denominations or political parties and different leanings of the followers. They all still believe in the religion of statism and the god of the state, just with different views of what that god is really like, what the intended meanings of its texts were, and how us humans under its rule should act. This is uh, should sound very familiar to the state of the Christian church today, post-Reformation and even pre-Reformation in different ways. So just as atheists were very uncommon and often shunned from polite society in the time of the Reformation, anarchists and hardcore libertarians are playing the role of the non-religious today. While Christians should never be a part of the religion of statism, we aren't technically anarchists or libertarians in the pure sense either, because we don't truly believe in having no ruler. Instead, we believe in having no king but Christ, with God being the only rightful ruler of humanity. And so that is 
the Christian view, the more pure Christian view, versus the statist view. And I really want to call out what the Christian view is because it poses the exact same framework as statism. We have to compare religion to religion. And so uh, that's why I am trying to focus a lot on that. So for uh, two more things, uh, two more quotes from Larkin Rose, this from a different book, The Iron Web, the last one was The Most Dangerous Superstition. But from The Iron Web, quote, You are not Christians, you are not Jews, you are not Muslims, and you certainly aren't atheists. You all have the same God, and its name is government. You're all members of the most evil, insane, destructive cult in history. If there ever was a devil, the state is it, and you worship it with all your heart and soul. Some of us realize the self-evident truth that no election, no constitution, no legislation, and no other pseudo-religious political ritual can bestow upon anyone the right to rule another. Nothing can make a man into a rightful master. Nothing can make a man into a rightful slave. So I think, again, he needs no commentary. He puts things uh, very clearly and very distinctly. So while when you talk to a statist or you call out uh, statist beliefs and actions, the statists themselves will definitely uh, give a lot of pushback if you call it a religion. Uh, I think I have shown in the previous 20 minutes or so that it in fact is a religion, whether they admit it or not, whether they believe it or not, it doesn't matter. It fits the definition. They're doing all of the things. Their beliefs are the in that same place. They look to the state as this role of a god, a superhuman entity that handles affairs of society to the best um, that it should be handled. And if something's wrong, you know, if, if the system isn't working correctly, if that god is not treating society in the best way possible, it's the fault of the worshipers, of course. You know, it's it's that you didn't make enough sacrifices so the sun god isn't bringing rain. It's that whole idea that that it's it's us as these citizens we're not we're not active enough in our political uh, culture and we're not pushing our political party enough we're not voting hard enough and getting enough people to get in there and participate and and yeah it's us it's the citizens we're what's wrong you know of course the god can't be wrong of course not you you might just have uh, the wrong interpretation of what the god said that's what it is it's the priests that that have uh, they've they've come up with this corrupt interpretation we need to fix that um, but of course the god itself having the state uh, that is not the issue because you know that's the head of the religion and that's the whole point of the religion so uh, yes let's move on to the next secular religion and that would be the church of woke so with the Church of Woke, this is getting into something that has become extremely prominent in our modern culture. It almost seems like it's burning itself out, but I don't know if it really is. I, I just keep seeing things over and over again that just get more and more ridiculous, completely ridiculous. It's it's just crazy. So um, again, uh, trying to understand the craziness of the world. Uh, I, I think if we just accept that we live in clown world, that we live in a world that is um, an inversion of what it should be or what it once was, that things have shifted, we live in a world where people constantly hold two contradicting opinions in their head at all times. The, those contradictions are now normal and natural. If you don't have 
these contradictions ex- existing at the same time within your head, then you know you're you're radical. You're you're odd. You're strange. You are crazy. You are a domestic terrorist because you're just so you know dogmatic in your beliefs. You know why can't you hold these two opinions at the same time and accept both things? Well, because they're contradictory. But but again, <laughs> that's the whole point, is that uh, we live in this crazy world. So uh, getting into the Church of Woke, it, it is very much oriented towards all of these things that I just described. While statism is a very popular and pervasive religion in the, today's world, there is another one that is growing quite rapidly. This would be wokeism. And wokeism uh, basically is... Uh, this idea that someone who is woke is not asleep to the injustices of the world and modern culture. This most strongly applies to issues of race and gender and economic status. The problem is that wokeism is uh, v- has become very uh, distant from its original roots. So a lot like environmentalism, which uh, taking care of the environment is definitely a good thing. I would totally agree with it. And I don't think that we should uh, poison the earth. I think that's a bad thing to do. However, the environmentalism movement has gone way beyond that and become very radical and pushing things that often actually destroy the planet just as bad or worse. So uh, yes, it went way beyond its roots. Same is true with wokeism. While you might agree that there are injustices of the world related to race, gender, and economic status, those are very um, real things, wokeism has just become radicalized, and now the woke have begun to see injustices everywhere they look. So if a man gets a job over a woman, it's obviously an issue of gender discrimination. If there is not equal representation of black and white in a given place, then it's, of course, due to systemic racism. The rich are always scheming to make the poor even poorer. So concepts like critical race theory, gender fluidity, systemic racism, bioethics, cancel culture, and democratic socialism, they would all be branches of the woke tree. And so again, while some of these things, the majority of these things are real to some extent and um, are true to some extent, uh, that extent is the bottom 1%, and the rest of the 99% of what the Church of Woke preaches and what it pushes, um, they are very, very far from the mark. So uh, the Church of Woke is connected to things like animal rights and climate change and mental health awareness, diversity, and other buzzwords that have their roots in true morality, but have been corrupted into becoming a social movement of the Church of Woke. It offers a holistic approach to the life of its adherents. It provides a system of ethics, congregations to be a part of, evangelism, and a sense of being a part of something bigger than oneself for the good of all. And so I'm sure you could fit a lot of those definitions of religion and of worship into the Church of Woke. The difference here is that statism is a fairly material religion. It is uh, very clear. 
It is hierarchical. Um, these actions are ones that are physical actions for the most part, uh, whereas the Church of Woke is a much more immaterial religion. So uh, these practices are much more immaterial. Uh, yes, you can be a part of various congregations associated with the Church of Woke. Um, these different denominations of the Church of Woke do exist, but they're not clearly labeled. It's it's not that it's not that material view of things. It's a more immaterial view of things. So it doesn't directly overlay onto the definition quite as well. But I'm sure you can still uh, put the pieces together and see that it is still hitting the point of the definition of religion. So with all of this, uh, for the most part, wokeism and statism are two separate religions. They have a strong connection, however. The Church of Woke sees the state as a tool and method for carrying out its goals. Wokeism has infiltrated the left fairly easily. That would be the Democrats in the United States. But it is infecting the right, the Republicans, as well. It is not a political entity. It is a religious movement. Due to this, it is not confined to one political party or another. While the ideology is closest to that of the political left, it can be and is being adopted by the right as well. It seems that statism is the more material religion, and it still dominates modern culture, but the more immaterial religion of wokeism is not only rapidly spreading, but is also becoming entwined with the state." So again, things happen in cycles. The state shifts away from religion and away from that Christian worldview into a man-centric, self-centric view, and um, creates this entity, this new god, and then that system, that state uh, system, the statism, the religion of statism, that is now shifting into a more religious thing with wokeism starting to infiltrate that and the government even pushing the woke agenda. You have your, uh, what is it, the Secretary of Health, I think is the title, is the transgender person that's very overweight and unhealthy. And so they're the ones in charge of the psychological and physical health of the nation. And yet they appear to have some uh, psychological difficulties and physical uh, health difficulties. So that is the world we live in. And that is a state position. They are the ones that run these things for the state. So again, they are separate, wokeism and statism, but they are um, they use each other. They are entwined in this sense. So again, when you look at the like the spiritual view from a Christian worldview, if you see the prince of this world as being the one that runs the entire world outside of the kingdom of God, at least, then it would make perfect sense that every aspect of this world does work in concert with each other to push a certain end game. And uh, yes, that does seem to overlay uh, fairly well here. And so while the Church of Woke does not run the bureaucracy of government currently, and may never do so, it is a force that one cannot avoid. It operates primarily through law, not primarily through laws, but through social pressure. So its primary communication network is social media. It will get you fired from your job if you conflict with its teaching, not because you did something illegal, but because the pressure exerted on the company if they didn't punish you would be greater than their desire to keep you. Again, it's this social pressure aspect. 
To put it very bluntly and to wrap all of this up, it is a death cult. It promotes violent riots in the streets to make its points. It fights for the right to kill babies in the womb. It demands that we all have the right to choose death at any time and should have easy access to voluntary euthanasia. If one does not like their gender, they should have access to kill off the parts of themselves that tie them to their old gender so that they can be born again a new creature in the image they have created in their own human mind. In line with its immaterial nature, it is not just physical death that it seeks. The cancel culture that it perpetuates attempts virtual death to all heretics. It will hide your content from search results. It will delete your social media accounts and prevent you from getting a job. Your relationships will be strained or cut off if you stick to your values, especially if those are Christian values, traditional Christian values around the woke. Its ways are clearly in opposition to uh, Christianity and to the traditional morality, and instead they have their own doctrine and dogma that they demand that you follow. And so uh, while, again, this is not as material, I say they will keep you from getting your job, and uh, they will delete your social media accounts, and they will do this, and they will do that, the they is not a material hierarchical they. It's not a, a specific company or a specific government department or a specific set of people that I can point to because that's not what this is. It's an immaterial system. And so it's something that we can see the evidence of even though we can't directly see it. So it's like the wind. You can see the evidence of the wind. You know that the wind is there. You can even measure that it's blowing. You can get some statistics on it, but you can't actually see the wind, so to say. You can't just point, oh, there's the wind. That that thing right there, that's the wind. Uh, no, you can say, oh, there is the effects of the wind, and we can measure the wind, and we can uh, study the wind, but we, we can't necessarily see it and point to it. And that would be the same thing, this immaterial aspect of this other secular religion, the Church of Woke. And so getting away from wokeism and into the final aspect, that would be scientism. And scientism is kind of a mix between the two, at least between these aspects of material versus the immaterial. It has both things, but I would actually say it shifts more into the immaterial than the material. The material becomes a tool for the immaterial. And that's the same thing where the state becomes a tool for the Church of Woke. And so, Scientism is, in my opinion, what takes over as the Church of Woke does burn itself out, which at least that is uh, my prediction for the future eventually. Now, scientism is something that stems from science and the scientific method. And these things are not in any way bad or evil or against God and Christianity. On the contrary, these provide a deeper understanding of God and his creation from a Christian worldview. As with how wokeism took legitimate moral issues and corrupted them into a secular religion, scientism has taken the objective study of this world and turned it into a secular religion. And they use that to control and manipulate this world, the natural world. 
So like wokeism, it finds its roots in much earlier history, but is now coming to the forefront in a dominance not achieved before. So understanding the roots of scientism is pertinent to many aspects of what we're looking at here, um, but I will not directly cover them in this episode. I've done so before uh, way too much to get all into again today. So uh, what I am referring to would be Plato and William Henry Smith. They would be at least the um, the biggest examples of this historical, these historical roots of um, scientism. And that gets into the idea of technocracy as well, which stems from um, this same idea, this same uh, value system. So if we skip over that historical aspect, and if you want more, you can go back to other episodes. By the way, if you have not noticed in the show notes, I am linking to previous episodes in pretty much every single episode I release. So since season four is covering concepts and topics that I've talked about in detail before, just separately in a more um, specific and in-depth way, I'm linking to those older episodes. So if you want to hear more and you haven't listened to the podcast in its entirety, then you can go back on those specific things you want to hear more of. So I'll try to link those here as well, at least the ones that are relevant. So getting back to the religion of scientism, I've got a few quotes here from someone that talks about this a lot. This would be Henry de Saint-Simon. And he says, uh, I've got three quotes, I'll just read them all together. Quote, Today, for the first time since the existence of societies, it is a question of organizing a totally new system, of replacing the celestial with the terrestrial, the vague by the positive, and the poetic by the real. True equality consists in each drawing benefits from society in exact proportion to his social outlay, that is, to his real capacity, to the beneficent use he makes of his abilities. And this equality is the natural foundation of industrial society. A scientist, my dear friends, is a man who foresees it is because science provides the means to predict that it is useful, and the scientists are superior to all other men. So again, we get into these religious aspects. It's the experts that are the ones at the top. That is the priestly class. And the God is um, the science, and the science is different than science. So when we look at this religion of scientism, it's not science itself that reigns, but it is the science. The science is delivered to the masses by experts of the ruling class. It consists of a narrative that is created and controlled from above, and those who question it are, of course, heretics. They are a threat not only to the ruling system, but it is said they are a threat to their fellow man. The experts are the priestly class of this religion, with their decrees playing the role of sacred text. These texts, however, are not concrete and will change through time, according to current revelation. Scientism claims objectivity and truth, while vehemently shutting down any hypothesis contrary to their crafted narrative. By definition, this conflicts with the scientific method itself, hence being the science or scientism and not actual science itself. So um, this is 
something where, like I said, it's an immaterial religion, similar to wokeism, but it is taking over the physical and manifesting in the physical world in a much more real way. It is manipulating the physical through its immaterial ideologies. And I'll, I guess we'll get into that a little more here in a minute. So with all of this, the is-ought problem that I've talked about before should be considered here. Science determines the is of a thing. It is a very effective at determining facts and understanding how things work, predicting outcomes, and so on. Science does not, however, have any answer for the question of what ought to be done. A value system or ethical framework must be implemented in order to take the is and determine the ought. When it is said, the science says, or according to the data, we should, it is not the science that is being referenced, but rather the underlying value system, which by definition is not science. So what is it? It's, it's scientism. Is the goal of a society the longest life possible or the fullest life possible? Should the individual be prioritized or the collective? Is there a point when life should be forcibly sacrificed for the sake of other life? Should humans sacrifice for the sake of nature? All of these are matters of ought. If then, through scientific study, we find that a certain course of action would likely result in fewer human deaths, given a particular situation, that doesn't in itself tell us that we ought to pursue that course of action. Maybe the decrease in death comes at the cost of human dignity and free will. Maybe it comes at the cost of sacrificing the weakest minority in the society. We need to have a value system to determine the ought, not strictly science alone. So science delivers knowledge and knowledge abundantly, but knowledge and wisdom are very different. Wisdom involves the understanding and application of knowledge. Biblical wisdom is often contrasted with worldly wisdom. Either wisdom can be applied to science. There have been times in history when the vast majority of science was done from a Christian perspective to better understand God's creation. That was the goal historically. There are other times when the vast majority of the scientific field involved trying to explain away biblical meaning through a deeper level of understanding of the natural world, and that is the more modern iteration of science. But scientism is definitely an atheistic religion. Its god is knowledge, and its wisdom is that of the world of darkness. So if you uh, look at the framework of the natural order of things, I've talked about the light side principles and the dark side principles. Scientism is all about the dark side principles. All reality is to be accounted for and understood. There is no room here for mystery and um, things that could be unexplained or miraculous happenings. Uh, these are not going to happen. If they happen, they happen because we are making them happen because we have become gods. And that is the view of scientism. So as adherents grow in their knowledge, they grow closer to their God, because that is their God. As they learn to focus their understanding through the lens of worldly wisdom, they move further down the path of the perfection of the species. The species has no higher meaning in relation to an all-powerful God. Its meaning is simply to live. The more the species learns and understands, the longer and more easily it can live. So keep in mind, though, that this is not the same as the natural order principle of life. The life that scientism seeks is not universal and all-inclusive. It is exclusive 
to the self and to the best of the breed. My life is what is valued above all else. The lives of others will be used to satisfy the demands of my life first and the best in breed second. So that is how this system works with scientism. Yes, life is the main thing, but it is not that light side principle of life. It is the self. It's this selfish version of that. It's a corruption of that, a perversion of that, which uh, is uh, pred- uh, predation was one of those key principles of the the dark side of the natural order. And that's what predation is. It's pref- preferring the self over the majority of other people. And you predate on those others in order to boost your own life. So scientism has a hierarchy of values. It is a religion and therefore comes with an ethical framework. So like science itself, this framework is very cold and objective. It prioritizes evolution and the overall progress of all humanity or of an entire society. Uh, Scientism claims a monopoly on truth. It declares what is moral and what is immoral. Its worldview is collectivist and claims to seek the greatest good for the greatest number. It values purity and scientific perfection. What Christians view as ethics are hidden behind efficiency and effectiveness. Man shall become machine, or at least as close as is possible, always striving to become more and more perfect. So it's that same idea of the Christian always seeking perfection and the ideal. This is seen in the Industrial Revolution on the shoulders of the Scientific Revolution, where meaning is stripped from the work of the factory worker, the employee, and in its place is an agenda to mold man into machine. Scientism seeks to perfect the human race through scientific advancement, tools such as gene therapy, DNA manipulation, nanotechnology, data collection. They all allow the experts the ability to steer mankind in the direction that they desire. Their goals are not based on values or morals in the biblical sense. They value the advancement of the species and whatever furthers this goal is moral to them. Those that deny this as true morality are the heretics who are selfish and dangerous, according to them. Often the experts attempt to control these heretics through censorship and force, enacted through the technologies mentioned above, while claiming it is for the good of all. So uh, the idea here is that They do want to advance the species. That is the main goal. But again, you have to remember that this is not all of humanity. Uh, They want what's best for humans as a species, which generally means that you take the elite of that species, you breed them, you change them, you manipulate them, you turn them into something better, and who cares about the 90%? Um, And yeah, so that is not really a good thing by most people's standards. So... Scientism combines the biological sciences with the technological. Artificial intelligence and transhumanism are prominent goals of the church. The priests seek to control all reality and to be gods themselves. They manipulate nature to their will and manipulate humanity similarly. Social media, marketing, propaganda, smart technology, news media, and all other things of the like are harnessed to push the agenda. The science of psychology is used through these technological arms to preach to the masses and bring them into the fold of the church. They want willing converts and have many methods for creating them. They say that one day we will have conquered death. We will create our own virtual worlds, better than the physical worlds, and live there. 
our consciousness can be transported into new bodies and these new virtual heavens. All sickness and disease will be no more. The freedom, liberty, and critical thinking of the masses are sacrificed for the good of the human race. This is the eugenics endgame. This is the afterlife promised by scientism. This is directly contrary to the Christian worldview and many other worldviews. So again, you should see the parallels here that we will receive new bodies and we will be in uh, this eternal life in a place that is better than the one that exists now and yeah, so on and so forth. It's, it's that same picture. It's that same promise of just about every religion out there. It's just that they are doing this on a physical level. They're doing this without having that deity at the top, at least as far as they know, but instead they're wanting to become their own deities. That's the end game for transhumanism is that we become gods. We move beyond being mere human. We become gods ourselves. We determine the laws of nature. We determine the laws that we live by. We determine when we live and when we die. That is all up to us because we have now become gods. That is the idea of transhumanism, which is what really pushes the secular religion of scientism. So you are definitely seeing a lot of this in the post-COVID world, and uh, that's the world we live in. And so as we shift into the age of science, so if you think back to the age of man framework here, the age of science is run by technocracy. And uh, these things, the age of science and technocracy, are both heavily rooted in this secular religion of scientism. So as I get into those things, um, actually, I have no clue if I'm getting into those more in season four or not. I will have to look at the outline to figure out what's coming up next. But the point is that as we as a society shift into these things, more into the age of science, more into a technocratic governance system, we are seeing scientism take a much more prominent role. And just like wokeism used the state and statism to push its goals. The same is true of scientism that's using wokeism to push its goals. So while the woke are preaching that you can be whatever gender you want, and we are going to manipulate your body and use our technological, technologically advanced science to make that happen, we can manipulate nature. Um, they are claiming a moral high ground for saying that you can be whatever gender you want to be. But the whole point of this and what is really happening in the end is that man is manipulating man and creating man in his own image, as opposed to anything related to morality and uh, religion. And so that that's what's happening here. So wokeism is pushing this agenda of, yes, it is okay, not only okay, it is moral and right if we manipulate what it means to be human, what it means to be male and female, what it means to um, have life and to experience death. We need to gain control of this. We need to manipulate that. We need to determine these things. That's scientism. And that's what the Church of Woke is uh, pushing, at least on a very limited level. Now, as that becomes normalized, uh, that is then going to shift us into pure scientism, where that becomes normalized, those ideas are normalized, but wokeism itself as an ideology burns itself out because it becomes too extreme, and what is left, well, it's scientism, 
because you've already established that these things are okay. They at one time were thought of even as good. So uh, let's just expand this to everything. And that is what scientism does. That's what it will do. That's where we are headed. So with that, I have reached the end of a normal episode length of time. So I am going to stop here. I do want to say thank you very much to all of you just for being listeners. That's the reason this podcast exists. I am currently extremely busy right now with various endeavors, mainly the Agora as a venture that I've talked about and mentioned at least a few times on this show. Um, That's something that's taking up uh, a lot of my time. So I don't really have a lot of time for this show, but I am definitely trying to dedicate as much as I can. That is why episodes have released on different days than usual. I'm still getting one out every week, uh, but it used to be always on Tuesday night, and that was always the time I'd get it out. Now, sometimes it's Tuesday, sometimes Wednesday, sometimes Thursday, who knows? But it's sometime midweek, and uh, yeah, I'm, I apologize if that messes with your rhythm, but uh, that's just the way it is right now because I have very little time to uh, do just about anything. So I do want to say thank you to those who are supporting the show and making it to where I do not have to pay for all of the things that I have to pay for for this show, but instead you are paying for it. And so thank you very much. I really appreciate that. If you want to be a supporter, then you should check out especially the Patreon page. I do have the Subscribestar page, but all but I think one or two of the Subscribestar uh, patrons have uh, had to drop off for various reasons. And so uh, pretty much anybody that's a supporter is on Patreon now. Now, I have had folks that have um, given directly. So I've received some cryptocurrency and also some cash. And so uh, those are also uh, very viable options. And I will put that directly towards the show. That's not you know, paying me for anything that I do. Rather, that is just going directly to paying for these expenses of the podcast. If you haven't done so yet, please do leave a rating and a review. That definitely does help. And I am attempting to update the website here and there when I do have uh, small bits of time. So that is getting more and more updated as time goes on. Uh, But there still is a lot of stuff on there if you want to surf around there and get some more information and get um, an outline of where we've been and where we're going, that kind of thing. All of that's on the website. So feel free to check that out. Always feel free to reach out to me at ourfoundations at protonmail.com. Love hearing from listeners. It is helpful and it's encouraging to hear that a lot of you are uh, getting into practicing a lot of these things that um, that I've definitely been really big into. And apparently you guys are too, which makes sense. It's why you're listening to the show probably. Um, and so it is encouraging to hear about these things. So uh, thank you very much for your support of all kinds. I'm out of here. Peace. This has been our Foundations Podcast. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye-bye.